0: Hey everybody, welcome back to this moment. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I am in Stockholm, Sweden. My name is Jason Timbuktu Diakite. This week, however, my dear brother and co-host, Chef Marcus Samuelson will not be joining me because I am embarking on a little mini series within the This Moment universe. And this is a series that I like to call "Hip Hop Stories." It's an investigation of what hip hop culture has meant to Sweden, to Scandinavia, to the Nordic region, and to me personally. At the baseline, hip hop culture is graffiti, it's break dancing, it's the art of DJing, and it's emceeing. But it's also, you know, evolved to fashion, uh, uh, a beat making to uh, language, to journalism, to even, you know, how authors are writing books. Hip-hop is the most driving force within global pop culture today. I want to tell these stories to pay homage to this culture that has given me so much, that has defined who I am, that has made me. And I want to reach out to some of my fellow hip hop fanatics and followers in the Scandinavian region to explain and add another facet of the story to what the evolution of hip hop culture was like in these Nordic countries. Let's jump in. series that I'm embarking on is my dear friend, definitely one of the illest Scandinavian MCs to ever walk upon this earth. Also a very, very talented songwriter. Uh, She's a new mother. She hails from Liberia, Stockholm, and Rhode Island. My dear friend, Jackie Cummings, a.k.a. Ma welcome to this moment.
1: Thank you. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> if I can live <laughs> up to it someday.
0: <laughs> how, how are you doing, Jackie? I'm
1: great, actually. The sun is shining for the first couple of summer days, so I'm, like, just chilling in my apartment. I put some red lipstick on to make the Zoom meeting more fun. You know what Beautiful. I mean? Because <laughs> Zoom meetings and it's like... Uh, Yeah,
0: it's the the small things in this uh, pandemic era that that brighten our days. All right. So, Jackie, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about hip hop and I want to talk about hip hop with you. And I also want to talk about Swedish hip hop with you. But like going back to the to the roots of things, I'd really like to just start with asking you to talk a little bit about how your love affair or your love for hip-hop and hip-hop culture started like where where did that path start for you
1: well first of all I just want to say thank you for um speaking to me about this because I never get to talk about hip-hop I have so many different friends from different um they do different kind of genres of music they're from different walks of life so not everyone wants to talk about hip-hop all the time you know what I mean and I, you know, I hear like, you. that's how I hear you. in love I am with it like I can sit Mm. On my couch and just go through old videos of like hieroglyphics you know Mm -hmm. know what Mm -hmm. i mean and just like but
0: could it be also that we tend to maybe take hip-hop for granted in a way it's just such a it's such an omnipotent cultural force and it's so established today that we don't really have to we don't have that same need to talk about it as we did maybe 25 years ago to like Hey, I'm hip hop or I represent hip hop culture. It's just everywhere today. You don't really have to uh, mention it that often. So we kind of take it for granted. Maybe. I would
1: have to disagree because I feel like the hip hop, I, the hip hop world was more like blossomed before. And now it's sort of like mm. in the norm. So people, as you say, don't talk about it, but I feel like it was more alive back in the day. And that's when you take for mm-hmm. granted now it's like, no one really cares. You know what I mean? Like,
0: true okay it's
1: in society it's everywhere it's capitalism you buy the culture so it's like you don't really know what the culture is about so when you meet a real hip-hop head nowadays it's like you're thirsty for that conversation you know what I mean so um okay
0: that's a that's a really that's a really interesting and important perspective to shift on it because that's one of the things in this uh you know uh well, in the it, in during last year during the the last summer during the black uh, the global Black Lives Matter uprising that I thought a lot about was just this discrepancy between how uh, willingly and enthusiastically people consume hip hop culture, but how defensive uh, those same people can be about being in community with the people that create hip-hop Thank you, culture. and I want
1: to say that word once again, community. Hip-hop was about mm-hmm. community. I remember back in the day, like, I'm going to move um, closer to the beginnings, the roots of my journey, but mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. um, when I grew up in Sweden, you know, Stockholm, it was a community. You would go to these different, like, um for young people and they would just have battles and like people knew each other. And they're like, how's that guy? Oh, I heard he mm-hmm. almost overdosed. I heard, you know, like young kids would get together, paint mm-hmm. graffiti, break dance. And now it's more like, oh, what are you wearing and what are you doing with your career or like your hip hop career? You know, now mm-hmm. it's more like competitive, mm-hmm. not in the sense of where it used to be like a community competition, but more like mm-hmm. who looks the flashiest or who who is doing the best, you know what I mean? So it's not like we care of mm, each other. Mm. And I really feel like I come from that school. So, um, mm, I hear but you. I, I,
0: and I mean, over the years, we've known each other for, for a bunch of years now. So, but we've never really talked about uh, uh, I've never really gotten the timeline on like where you grew up and when, but I seem to recall that you came to Stockholm when you were, In your early teenage years, or something like that, Oh, nine or
1: ten. So I came from Providence, Rhode Island to Stockholm. I grew Mm up um, very humble, humble beginnings. um, But the 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 rich part of those humble beginnings was that I would always hear Mm. bass lines from outside. You know what I mean? Like real hip hop. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Mm -hmm. a hip hop environment. You know, like.
0: This is improv. In in Providence, Providence, right? And of
1: course you had freestyle yeah, music, yeah. like ooh, oh, Diamond Girl, mm-hmm. like all that money talks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like those songs were <laughs> lasting as well. But I was fortunate mm-hmm. to like be in the cradle of all that on the east coast of America when people were just like walking around with Onyx t-shirts and just rhyming and buying jewelry, you know what I mean? And people buy jewelry, but you know what I mean? It was like
0: golden era well, golden well, era stuff. and i
1: was so young but it was my formative years so that's what i knew and that was was my reality and then i mm. often say this in interviews like i would i came to sweden and it was like the movie the cell you know what i mean it was like this layer of melancholy that laid on me and you know i i also you know i was influenced by MTV as a child, because I would watch TV a lot mm-hmm. and I would see like rock videos and stuff. And all of a sudden the rock video was in my, <laughs> outside my window. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> love to like, yeah. you know, like I would call them horse girls, you know what I mean? Like,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah, would yeah. Ride horses yeah.
1: and listen to like Pearl Jam or Nirvana and wear a Nirvana t-shirts. So this was like, wow, I can chill with these folks as well. You know what I mean? Like these people exist too, but mm hip hop has always been like deeply rooted in my DNA, you know, without even knowing
0: it. I mean, I I take it then and from hearing you talk about uh, what it was like growing up in Providence, that hip hop was just everywhere. It was just a natural part of your environment. But do you remember back then in those early days, if there was a certain album or artist that was like one of the earliest to kind of, capture your attention a little little more or that you like got like what was the first album or artist that you really got into
1: i think my sister listens more albums i was so young but i loved ll cool j like around the way Mm. girl was a popular song so you know just those lyrics standing at the bus stop sucking on a lollipop once it gets it's hard to make you know what i mean it's like those lyrics I yeah. would rhyme yeah. them, like even coming to Sweden, and people were like, You're American, you should rhyme, like rhyme, you know. Because I look like mm-hmm. <laughs> video when I came mm-hmm. to Sweden, I would rhyme lyrics that existed from like LL or, you know, Run DMC or, you know, just like I remember it was like a lot of Wu Tang back in the day as well. 36 chambers, you know what I mean? So mm, it was, mm. and 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 seeing that come to Sweden like a couple of years later was shocking to me because I never thought it, the hip hop um, vibe would ever come to Stockholm, you know? I was just like, that's long gone. And every summer mm, when mm. I would travel to the States and see like, you know, music at the basketball courts or like rappers, um, gear that was influenced by hip hop music, I would be like... I'm never going to see this in Stockholm, but all of a sudden there was this wave of like underground battle hip hop. I don't even know how. Do you know how it came to Sweden? Like, how Mm -hmm. did people, was it like through, was it like a movement? I think,
0: I mean, I think hip hop came to Sweden, like, you know, started, started seeping in through, you know, kids that had traveled to the States and brought records back with them, Mm -hmm. you know probably around the same time that hip hop was really uh starting to happen so you know the earliest accounts of like a hip hop song being played in Sweden is is probably like early 80s yeah. you know but it, somebody had probably been to new york and and you know been to rock and soul yeah. or uh uh whatever record shop at the time was was selling this new fresh and exciting music and brought it with them to Stockholm or Gothenburg and played it but do you remember what uh like when you wrote your first like rap verse or when you spit your first verse so
1: um you know ending up in Tumba Sweden which was very like you know Mm -hmm. I was the only immigrant in my school but then I eventually
0: can we say Tumba is is that New kind Jersey. of like New Jersey or no, like, it's uh, like um, what would what would we say comp, uh, compare it's compared Tahoe to? But
1: it's like Springfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> like okay. you know the okay. suburb outside of the city a bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Syracuse. I don't know how to explain it. New York's too blue. like yeah, yeah, compare yeah. it to, yeah. to here, but uh,
0: uh, Mount Vernon or yeah, something yeah. like uh, in the city, but. F- Far exactly. from the city, kind of. So you arrive yeah, in Tumba, Exactly. But
1: then, you know, um, I would, like, bench. I, used, I started going to clubs here since, you know, it, it wasn't that dangerous for kids to be out here as opposed to America, where mm-hmm. you go outside. They're like, don't go out there. There's, you know, dirty old men, and you can get shot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You could just, you know, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Shaheen verse. Uh, what, what's it called? Uh, uh, the
0: from, from from that
1: i just remember his on and, and on and everyone when he's like all you can hear is the shells drop and no man got shot in a parking lot in front of a building i hang with his you know what i mean so it was yeah, that yeah 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 it. that's it from that first track on and on. you know mm-hmm. you don't go out there i remember mm-hmm. like dirty old men just looking at you you know like catcalling kids and shit you know what i mean so um you yeah. know so in sweden yeah. it wasn't that dangerous you would go out and go to clubs and I was like 12 when I went to my first club. So there I met, um, and techno was really big Euro techno. So we would like wear braids and mm-hmm. like rave clothes mixed with like hip hop gear. Cause mm-hmm. you know, that was what was in like 95, 96, you know, um, mm-hmm. before like Miss C P. Diddy and all that came to the mm-hmm. table. But, um, yeah, so basically I would go to these clubs, they d- danced like rave dances and, um, I met Cool James and the Black Teacher. They had a song called Calling Dr. Mm-hmm. Feel Good, makes you feel good, calling Dr. Doctor... Feel. So I was like, oh, and they were like, you know, looking at me like, okay, does she rhyme or anything? Because I knew these rappers called Michael and Kane from Albie, which is like the hood part of Mark Vernon, Mount Vernon, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so to say. So, um, <laughs> they were like, yeah, you should start rhyming, you know? So I just wrote my first verse um, and it was a really hard verse. It was like, Home people just be using the scene, abusing the scene, but ain't nobody using me because I'll just steal on them. So they better have a shell on them. I don't care no more. I don't share no more. All I do is mama Ooh. own, like mowing the lawn or oh, Sylvester. So- Yo. I, now, listen, crowd, this is Stocktown and I'm proud, but we all the same. So don't make a big flame, just like you know what I mean. But then, the other guy, Yo. I all right, <laughs> and all right, that was first when I was verse. 12, you know, so I was very proud of that. One of so. the other guys in The group, he always stole verses. So I was like, I heard that verse from somewhere, and the other guy Mm -hmm. had like his verse was like, "We on the roll, on the mission, top secret, low profile, confident," and we were twelve years old. So I, you know, I figured we were pretty good students in school. You know what I mean? Because I feel like all Mm -hmm. rappers are pretty good writers. Well, very good writers. You know, like
0: you can compare. Yeah, there, there's something. There's something very nerdy about yeah, being exactly. a rapper too, because it, it, it you have to stop and, and write right. at some point. And so you know, can't just right. be out doing and doing and being in action. You actually have to take a step back and like write it all down. Except
1: for the rappers um, that don't write their rhymes,
0: you know. <laughs> but even they, but even they have to like meditate right. on it. You know, even the most uh, uh, lethal a G'd out rapper has to take that break. Like, I mean, unless they're just totally going off, you know, freestyling, which of course a lot of people do too. Like, I think like, for example, Nas is the perfect example. Listening to his early tracks, you could really picture him him in his room looking out of his project window and writing about what he saw going on. I think you
1: have to be in your own world because sometimes when rhymes come to Mm -hmm. me, like, for example, I have this song called second to none. And I was very much Mm -hmm. like depressed when I wrote that song. Um, I was, you know, just like on medication, just like, Oh, I couldn't even express myself, but the rhymes Mm -hmm. came to me. And I was like, words are never spoken in the midst of now. I'm just rhyming all these rhymes, but. I mm-hmm. hope that's <laughs> I love
0: it. I love <laughs> I like, it. Hit the, us with the rhymes, Jackie. The
1: whole verse, but I was like, words are never spoken in the midst of feeling token, picking on what's left of the bone, still a stomach's bloated. So when I say that, I was like, like, I don't know how that came to me in the midst of all this, mm-hmm. like systematic oppression, <laughs> all this like feeling mm. like worthless and I'm never going to make it to like this rhyme coming over me. And when I say that, I'm like, mm. I feel token, but and I'm still like eating this unhealthy chicken, but my stomach is bloated, like referring to like the mm. kids they show on commercials, African commercials, you know, like mm. all these like deep rhymes would come to me.
0: Impressive. But you know what I yeah. read,
1: like just going into these um, weird mm-hmm. rabbit holes. Yeah. Is that because yeah, <laughs> when I was like studying, I, I, I. Stayed home for a while because I was I'm I like since twelve since the Cool Jam and the Black Teacher days I've been a club kid you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and I don't want to be that old bitch in the club now but you never know after having when my kid gets <laughs> old like, yeah, that's I, okay that's but, okay you know
0: you can teach the youth a thing or two yeah but you
1: know what I mean like you learn from the streets and like being on the scene. I started staying home a lot, you know, and reading about religion. And then I read about mm. this um, deity from Liberia, my country, and they exist in Nigeria mm. and Brazil and everything as well. And this lady's called mm. Mama Wata. And her story is that mm. she blessed um, the Africans that were transported to the Americas um, with rhyme. Oh, wow. And she and, and wow. the drug movement, you know, they say it comes from West Africa. So I was like when I read that, mm-hmm. I was in shock. I was like, it must come from, you know, way mm-hmm. back. You know what I mean? Like you never you know, like, yeah, I of don't course. Even know.
0: And also, I mean, rhyming is a, a is a is a tool to remember right, right. right it like if if you rhyme your story it makes it easier to remember right. because that first line is always the key right. if you can unlock the first line that's going to give you the second yeah. line that will give you the third fourth right. and so on so that really makes yeah. sense mama Wata. yeah it helps to
1: meditate it helps
0: deity of the mcs exactly, i love that
1: exactly
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. but but jackie we're like you know stepping onto to this kind of uh uh Nascent um, Swedish hip hop scene in the mid '90s, being and I mean, you're still ill. You've and ever since I've known you, you've been an ill MC, and I've 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 both heard the stories of how you would kill people in the ciphers, but also kind of seen you go at it. And you're one of few uh, Swedish MCs that can truly go off the top like truly off the top, no pre-written and still, you know, spit rhymes that sound like they, you know, that, that I'd have to stop and like write <laughs> to be able to spit and that quality. When you, you know, when you arrived on the scene and started getting into the Swedish hip hop scene, were the, was being a female, was that anything that you felt like hold you, held you back? Or did it present any specific type of challenges? How were you like, how are you met and kind of uh, uh, embraced or accepted? I mean, uh, I want
1: to show love to Stockholm, Sweden. I mean, Sweden overall, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't want to bash Sweden. You know, I did it no. with Hot yeah. 97 and people felt like I was bashing Sweden. I was just telling them about my reality. But in reality, mm-hmm. it was very male dominated here. You know, like when I mm-hmm. was um, would try to rhyme or go up on the stage at like different um places you know the girls would always stand by and watch and i had to like take my place mm-hmm. you know so when i did mm-hmm. that you know i just it, that's why i became so good at rhyming because it was about survival for me it was about like taking my mm-hmm. place and expressing mm-hmm. myself and not feeling like oh i could do this but i'm too shy i have to hide because it's all the men are standing there you know what i mean and like until this day mm-hmm. i i never knew that you know what i mean i just thought like oh maybe mm. i'm not good enough or i felt insecure but you know the structures of society are also in you know fashion and music <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. what i mean like male domination yeah. or racism or anything is like it's embedded in us and it's our duty like i i'm glad that i stood up for myself and i was like yo can i get the mic you know what i mean like would fight mm. for that mic but not a lot of
0: It's I mean, it's it's interesting to to think about now that, you know, well, I'm older than you, but we're both older than we once were looking back at how we uh, all were affected by, for example, patriarchy, Mm -hmm. even at a very young age, how those kind of hierarchies uh, uh, play out, even, you know, even within hip hop, which in Sweden is something that us kids, we built on our own. And it was our own arena. It wasn't It wasn't. Uh, I mean, there were older, you know, DJs, and you know, you had uh, uh, your S- sleepy, for example, or you had your, you know, uh, dele. You know, you had the the kind of senior um, hip hop yeah. figures. But it was still there were no adults, no parents right. involved right. or trying to control right. it. As if, you know, if we were playing football or basketball, there'd be like parents involved and the coach. Right? It'd be still kind of adult world but the hip-hop scene in sweden to me anyway was something that us kids it was our right. own world yet and still we kind of reproduced uh and it was very for example patriarchal structure exactly you know.
1: but the thing is the the weird thing about it is like the conflict within it was that it was mm. very political and the kids had morals you know what i mean it was like you mm-hmm. know like mm. for example just going forward or backwards I don't know like if a rap song had a hook and it was like you know mm-hmm. or if a song was like degrading towards women then people would be like that's wrong you know what I mean like I experienced that mm-hmm. in Sweden a lot mm-hmm. that there was a lot of morals around hip-hop like you don't do this mm-hmm. you know like I think like you know the kids li- listen to a lot of like KRS and you know like just mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. hip-hop heads and they were like that's wrong you know and and I really like the hooks and the R and B part of it all and like dressing up and looking fancy Smancy, you know what I mean? So <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So when I came to the like the battle scene of Stockholm, I would, you know, just like look cute, you know what I mean, be all girly. And it mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. What's this? This is weird, you know what I mean? So, you mm-hmm. know, I would uh, And and at the same time, Jackie, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I
0: I remember uh, Stool telling me a story about how he saw you in a cypher. It could have been a frieshuset, and he didn't dare step in. I guess he might be, you know, if he's younger than you or older, I don't know. But because uh, you were so ill, you were holding it down. Uh, and I mean, Stuhl today is one of the best MCs in Sweden uh, and he's a dope freestyle MC. But at the time he was like hesitant to step in because you were in there doing your thing.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how that came so, over me. You know what I mean? Because I, I was never competitive. Mm-hmm. I was never like a confident person as a young child, but I just felt like, as I said before, hip hop was so much in my DNA that I couldn't, you know, hold, hold back. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt mm-hmm. like I had my own story and I, and I feel like the fundamentals mm-hmm. of hip hop is like telling your story, expressing yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. like, You know, for example, um, a lot of people have images in hip hop, but I think behind that's their story. That's their form of expression, Mm -hmm. you know. So I I would say that I was right. I mean, you know, but I just had. I
0: I kind of I kind of love that about that's one of the things that I love about hip hop culture is that it kind of enabled us to uh, uh, create our own to become superheroes (laughs) in our own world in a sense i i thought about it a bit you know after dmx passed um a couple of months ago just the fact that hip-hop is so it's so diy it's so creative that you can it allows an artist for example like dmx or shock g for example you know to create these kind of personas that may be far from yourself but you're you're in a, in essence creating your own kind of superhero and giving that superhero a bunch of powers that your your kind of everyday self, you know, your Jackie Cummings or Jason Diakite uh, lack, but Ma Pei and Timbuktu have these superpowers. Because, I mean, you know, w- you know me too. Uh, I'm, in essence, a pretty shy person. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not the kind of person who will, like, stand up in a room and, and sp- uh, address the entire room and, like, do stuff like that. But... Mm-hmm. I think it's because of hip hop, it, it kind of emboldened me and and gave me that uh, uh, courage or tools to, to, to be something that, you know, Timbuktu could be something that Jason wasn't in a sense.
1: And, you know, like hip hop, for example, it's like, I would say it's like, you probably know the word for it, but it's like the scripture is Mm -hmm. the Bible and the rappers are the gods, you know what I mean? Because it's mm, so mm, important mm. and it's so like, I feel like I'm in, a, a part of an apartment, important movement, you know, that, mm.
0: um, Yeah, but that's what I mean. Even an impression like Stu had from, I don't know, 20 years ago of seeing you rhyme once where you were really ill, that like sticks with a person, mm-hmm. uh, just like a, a level of respect or it, right. it, it, it means something. It's currency, right. you know, it's current. It was currency among kids like, Oh she can rhyme or he can rhyme. Wow.
1: And That's dope. not even dope, rap you know? a lot that much anymore. You know what I mean? But the verses that I wrote mm. was re- were really important. Um, and the mm. styles were mm. really important. And it was, it wasn't about like a catalog of music. I'm not like a polished, you know, rap artist where I have like a label behind me, you know, just like, you know, this, mm. true, you know, catalog of music, but I just had the spirit. And I had the mm. words and, you know, like the whole energy of it. So um, mm. I would say that, yeah, I'm, I'm hip hop. All
0: right. Yeah. Jackie, uh, the first time I heard you was on Up High's debut album, the Venus album in 2006. Um, and I think the track was called like Up High Part Two or something like that, or the The God part, what was it called? Hold on a sec. It was called
1: um I did so many tracks with them, so I'm just trying to figure which one you mean.
0: And it was so so dope. Is it it
1: Uh,
0: it, No, it's the track that's called The Gift Part. Oh, the Gift
1: Part 2. Okay.
0: Yo, so dope. And and i was like who is this and then about a year later i think i heard video vixens and it and 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 then and you know from there on you kind of uh but then you you were an artist sure. and and there was a lot of hype around you and you were like you were just slaying uh, uh stages i remember seeing you live was just like a very kind of uh, uh <laughs> it was a physical experience just seeing you live because the energy that you were um that you were sending out and to me you've always had like several different musical identities like you can sing a blues song or you can rap an ill verse and i'm i wanted to just ask you if you think that you're you know you have roots in three vastly different countries liberia sweden and the united states Uh, and you know uh your mom was a a black woman. Your dad is a white man. Um, Like this kind of mix of identities. Do you, in which ways do you think hip hop helped you form like a coherent uh, uh, identity of who Jackie is or who my pay is?
1: Sad to say, I think I could relate to everyone coming from poverty. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we were, You know, hip hop comes from doing, making something out of nothing, you know, having hope. Mm. And my Mm. mother worked three jobs when I was living in the States. I, you know, I didn't see her that much because she had to work to like pay for this good school I went to or, you know, put food on the table. So my imagination would wander and I feel like rappers and hip hop, you know, we come from you know, the cradle of it is in the, from the, in the gutter, you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have to have hope. And that's Mm. where, you know, I connect with it. And, um, Mm. and it's nothing wrong to like want things or, you know, like in hip hop, you dream of like, Oh, you just want to, there's a lot of escapism. And I felt like I had that as a child. I really wanted to like, you know, see unicorns, have jewelry or may see Mm. peace on earth. You know what I mean? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. all these things are in hip hop. You know, I feel like a lot of other genres, they're very like, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's jaded. But hip hop is so Mm. like, I wouldn't even say it's new. I would say hip hop always is existed. You know, it existed Mm. in blues. It Mm. existed in the drum movement from West Africa. It existed, Mm. but, it just comes in different forms, but the hip hop we know comes from poverty, pain and wanting to see a change.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. And also, I mean, to me, like if you, if you release a a rock song, to me, it's still hip hop because you're hip hop. Mm. And that's, that kind of shows of the, 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 uh, uh, just the, the, the elasticity and the, that how dynamic hip hop culture is mm-hmm. that no matter what version you choose to, to create from that well of hip hop culture, if it's a techno song or a rock song, it's still going to be hip hop because of how you are carrying yourself and your kind of perspective coming from that culture. Cause
1: we are rare breed, um, you know, and the people that, you know, I just mm-hmm. want to like give a shout out to people around hip hop or people that work with mm. it, like you, that you know, mm-hmm. keep it alive and keep the essence of it, you know, like the caring part of it alive, because, mm. you, know, you know, you know, I just I just want to say because a lot of journalists, they only want to see a narrative that is very like, mm. OK, if it's not gangster, it's not hip hop, it's not fresh, you know, if it's not, you um,
0: they can't label it It, uh, they can't label it yeah like
1: you know hip hop is about change it was about like Hmm. you know making things happen and pushing things Hmm. forward but you know a lot of people just want to see it in the same you know you know when it's rotten Hmm. or if it's like degrading towards women you know what I mean like people want to only see that part of it you know that's what's real to them I felt like with my career, other than hip-hop, I've also, like, I've loved hit songs, you know, like just Mm. listening to, to like, a Fleetwood Mac song or a Metallica song or a Jay-Z song. It's like, you know, I've always wanted to do, like, hit songs, but now I'm, like, starting to write rhymes again, and I really want to go into the lab and the booth. I just got a mic here at home, and I'm going to, you know try to perfect my craft. What did I write the other day?
0: And you got a young son, a little baby boy. uh, And I think for him to just hear his mom, for him to hear his mom rap in in his house when, you know, that's going to seep in. And by the time he's like seven, he's going to be such an ill MC. A new MF Doom is born. Push my
1: dreams (laughs) onto him. But I just wrote... Um, ain't it necessary that I write the contrary because rhymes be sounding like obituaries, some with suicide doors. Okay. Let me hear what you're wearing. Hose touch your toes. Like you in the military. I can't help what I do for a chain or better yet. But some change It's insane. Okay. I have to like polish you know? everything, but you know.
0: And, and being a rapper too, is I guess not something you ever stop being because it's also just like a journal of your, like writing rhymes is a way of like writing your, journal or a diary or something. I'm just
1: going to be right. Right. No, it's, it's amazing.
0: So tell me a bit about the, the future. What do you see? Like, what are your, uh, what are some of your goals and dreams in the next, uh, in the next couple of years?
1: Um, to raise, (laughs) give my son the tools to do whatever he likes to do.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. also
1: probably Mm -hmm. like build Mm -hmm. in a warm country. You know what I mean? Just like, you know how I've been, moving back and forth between the States and Sweden, maybe Sweden and Africa or Brazil or something like that, you know, just like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Especially on coming out of one of these, another one of these uh, trademark long ass dark winters that we have here in Scandinavia. Jackie Cummings, MAPE, thank you for coming on this moment. It's always, you know, I always get inspired just being in your presence, and being in conversation with you and talking about something that means so much to us as hip hop culture. Thank you for being a part of, and thank you for your contributions to Swedish hip hop culture and global hip hop culture. And, uh, yeah, get back in the booth, Jackie, we need it.
1: Yeah. We just scratched the surface. Like I just want to hear so much more about your stories in Sweden and, you know, Mm. like other people's stories because, you know,
0: Boom. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jackie. Have a good day. Kiss the baby from me and and say what up to all of us. And uh, I'll see you soon. All right.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Yeah. So there you have it. Dear listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this moment. This was the first installment of my hip hop stories. There are more to come. Ma Pei sharing her uh, freestyles, her lyrics, her vibes, her inspirations, her life story. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Ma Pei, for coming on. Thank you, Swedish Hip Hop. Thank you, Cool Herc, for starting this culture that is uh, 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 circumnavigating the globe several times over and has meant the world to the world. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.